it up if you came to get it broke with a dame, a chitty drunk. You came to get it on. More than five old in your bank to get it on. Roll up like that spank and get it on. Spank to fit it on. Came to get it on. Yes, 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 people. Once again, we're pumping it up. We're bringing you the freshest, the freshest conversations, the freshest, just the realest podcast, man. I, I, what else can I say? You know what I mean? What else can I say? It's been a crazy week in the UK. As I say, a crazy week. It's just been, it's been a crazy year so far. And we're not even done with January. You know what I mean? That I mean that I think this that says it all. That really does say it all. Like, okay, so I don't know if anyone has been paying attention, but um, so today in in Parliament, and we're not going to talk on this really much at all because yeah, it's just I don't. I don't really, there's too much shit going on for me to fully really know because the goalposts seem to change every time a conversation is had on this. But okay, so this evening there was um, a vote in Parliament and um, the Conservative Party survived a vote of no confidence survived a vote of non-confidence which just baffles me because okay so I I think it was just before um Christmas there was or was it beginning of the I, I forget so much has been happening so quickly but it was one vote that um people didn't um believe that May's plans on Brexit were uh were correct so there was that Okay, so then again, I think the other day, earlier in the week, there was another vote on Brexit, and they lost that. May Theresa May's government lost that ridiculously. The 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 results were insane. I think they lost it by over two hundred votes. Okay, so then. Jeremy Corbyn, leader of the Labour Party, but like called for a vote of no confidence. And tonight, May's government survived that vote, but survived by 19 votes. By 19. Now, I don't know if um, you know I mean I'm talking out my ass here. But frankly, I kind of feel that a vote of no confidence needs to, you know, if you're winning, you didn't win. <laughs> like, would you by 19, but that's not a win. You know what I mean? It's like, if you won by, like, over 100 votes, now, that that that's a win, okay? That's a win. But to, um... To win by 19, frankly, you didn't win shit. You just scraped, you scraped through. You know what I mean? You barely survived. So that in itself kind of makes me kind of feel that there should, 
you know, something should happen right now. Because, Inc., first of all, this week, the, uh, you know, the current plans on Brexit were tossed. Like, no one has faith in those. Then the government clings on by 19 votes. I think that speaks volumes. But no one knows what the fuck is going to happen. Yuri, if they'd lost this vote tonight, it would have been a clear, okay, we, we, we shit's going to go down. But because it wasn't class, it's not class as a, a loss, then who? Not, what's the next step? No one knows the next step. This is how ridiculous everything is. Because, yeah, it's just doing my head in, man. It's, it's just it's just some crazy-ass bullshit that keeps on happening. And no one, like, no one can put their finger on it and say, listen, okay, the government has problems, right? The Brexit deal has problems. Every, everything keeps on, it's like, all right, we need to have this vote. Okay, all right, well, yeah, this didn't happen, so we need to have another, oh, now we need to have another vote. I got an email through from this um, kind of, I don't know, it's this website, they run these petitions, if they get so many votes, things go to parliament. Um, and it was just like, okay, if um, if you feel the British people haven't had a say on, um, you know, whether we should pull out of the E, look, Let's not talk out of our arts. We did have a say. It's just most people didn't really give a fuck until the day after. That's the biggest problem. The, all of this could have been dealt with a few years back. But people were just nonchalant. People were nonchalant. They didn't take anything serious. And then we've ended up into this crate. Like, I remember speaking to a friend afterwards. And he was like, oh, can you believe what happened? It's crazy, right? I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, what did you vote? I didn't vote, you know. I'm just like, wait, you need to shut the fuck up then. You didn't vote, so you have no say now. Don't bitch to me because this is partly your fault. And this is the thing. We did have a say. And a lot of people voted, you know, for leaving the EU. All right. So we did have a say. So you can't say we didn't have a say. But what I would say is it needs to be needs to be looked at again. Because initially there's no plan. The deadline is coming up very quickly and there's still no plan. There seems to be a real, like, yes, they, they survived the no confidence vote, but there still seems to be no confidence in the government. Winning by 19 is not, yeah, that's not a victory, as I said. So there does need, there, you do feel that, yeah, there probably needs to be a revote, and that's it. A revote, and then that's it, and we can put this bullshit to bed because it's insane. Now I will say, look, I can't be bothered with Trump. Trump jokes irritate me. 
because this is low-hanging fruit, it's easy, I will say this though, like, you across the pond, I'm talking to my US friends across the pond, right, or like, you say, oh, your, pre your president is crazy, right, but that's, at least it's just one person, now, when you're looking at pictures of parliament, firstly, there's a lot of cray cray people up in there right now, you know what I mean, going crazy, and also, yeah, it's not really representative <laughs> of the nation, when you look at everyone in the House of Commons, it, it, it does not, <laughs> it doesn't really reflect the nation, so, hey, you might just have one crazy person, there's a lot of crazy fuckers in Parliament right now, so we might be worse off than you motherfuckers, you know, but I think that's, that's all I'm gonna say on this, because, yeah, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not go, I, you know what I mean, I'm not doing a whole podcast on this crazy ass bullshit, because it's insane, it's insane, you know, and I don't have the time, other people who are more versed in the situation, they can talk to you about it, but this isn't my job, you know what I mean, I'm, I'm just looking to have some fun, talk some shit, you know, as we do, but um, yeah, so we're going to get to the news, um, just a little bit of news, and then just all the shit that, you know, has been going down over the last week, I nearly had beef with the BBC though, nearly had beef with the BBC, because I see this thing, and it says, loneliest frog has a date, and I'm like, how have they written, written a story on my sex life, and not asked me about it, but, um, yeah, then I realised, oh, it's, it's not me, it's not me, um, it's, it's another frog, it's another frog, has got a date, 10 years, it took 10 years, um, for, for people, for scientists and a load of other crazy people going through, um, <laughs> friggin', oh man, the rainforest and everything, which is crazy, because, you know, there's a whole heap of things in, happening in those rainforests that I'm not just walking down those rivers, because, whew, but, yeah, it took them 10 years and they found the only other, the only other frog, the only other, you know, one of these frogs alive. So it's in, in Bolivia. Yeah, so, uh, you know, they, they found this one species of frog and they hadn't found, they, you know, they hadn't found another one. It was the first one they found and it was just like, oh shit. You know, but what are we going to do? Because we've only got one of these frogs. How's this species going to survive? It, they spent 10 years looking and they found this frog a day, which is crazy. But, you know, imagine though, right? So they, they, they get this female frog, they put it with the male. But what if, because you didn't ask, what if the male frog's gay? He might not, he, he might go, yo, I can't, you know, that's, that's not my, you know what I mean? That's not my flavour right there. 
I was, I was, I was hoping you were gonna throw a male frog up in this with me, but urgh, nope. Or, or they might not just get on. They might not get on. But yeah, they're gonna force these two frogs now to have sex. But whoo, craziness, man. But that isn't as crazy as the shit going on in Westminster right now. You know what I mean? But yes, let's get to the news and um, really get this podcast underway, yeah? Okay, so um, something that just has surprised me how much crazy it's attached is this short film by Gillette. You know, I think the video is called um, We Believe the best men can be, um, and it seems to have galvanized a whole heap of fools, right, so this video, it was directed by Kim Gehrig, who um, works for Some Such, a uh, production company in the UK, and the the video it's it shows because you know Gillette's old tagline was the best a man can get and so the video shows like just old depictions of male behavior that you kind of see in old films and old tv and that kind I mean let's just not forget in the first rocky film he basically raped adrian <laughs> you know what i mean he he basically if if that <laughs> was happened now rocky balboa's biggest opponent wouldn't have been apollo creed it would have been the judicial system because he'd be up for rape yeah so it's just showing like different things that you see, different like people using expressions, you know, that you always hear like man up and, and just stuff like that. So the video is showing that and then it's saying, oh, you know what, we shouldn't be um, saying this is acceptable, we should... You know, we should reevaluate how we hold ourselves. Why aren't we holding ourselves to a higher standard? And then it shows a lot of those same situations, but then people interjecting people. You know what I mean? Like a boy's getting chased by and then beaten up by a load of other guys. And then this dad runs across and. Um, stops the kid from getting beat up you know and and it's just showing a lot of these incidents and so I think now Gillette have kind of realigned so instead of a best a man can get it's um you know the best men can be something like that anyway but a whole heap of people are um losing their shit about it 
going like some of the comments are insane like there's this guy he's like my dad my dad uses used Gillette razors and I started shaving at 12 and I used Gillette razors because my dad used them you have now lost me as you know as a customer and my dad how do you feel about that Gillette how do you I don't think they really give a fuck because this is the thing right only a small percentage leave messages online and especially with stuff like YouTube because I mean it's a known fact that people a a lot of the comments left on YouTube they're not nice comments right they're not nice comments so I doubt that the heads up at Gillette are reading the YouTube comments going think we've made a bad decision no one gives a fuck about that you you're you're paying attention to your sales you know that's what you're paying attention to not some frigging youtube comments frigging idiots and like you know someone that's come up like commented against it piers morgan is saying he's gonna boycott um gillette i think gillette are probably holding parties now because no one wants Pierce Morgan representing their products. He's such a fucking idiot. So, this whole situation is insane. Because what we need to understand, right? Look, you see an advert. You see a, a comment from a comedian or something like that. It's not saying every single person is like this. It's making a, just a broad stroke, just going, listen, we need to strive to be better. It's not going, hey, we did a poll. Now, we asked 50 people, like 25, like let's say 30 people were decent who responded. Like 20 people were assholes. We're, we're just speaking to those 20 people with the, no, you just go, Right, we're speaking just to people, and you're assuming that, like, the people that don't do these things aren't going to take umbrage to this advert, because it's just like, all right, so I've never raped, so I'm, I'm now pissed, because, oh, I think this advert's talking to me, no, I don't give a fuck, but, if you have rape, maybe you're thinking, oh shit, yeah, so those actions are frowned, I watched Rocky, I thought that was fine, oh, maybe I need to change the way I am, you know, it's not talking to everyone, understand that, you fucking idiot people, Jesus, you, you kind of think, does this really need to be said, really? Does this really need to be said? Obviously it does because there's so many people out there who don't get it. But yeah, listen, everyone should always strive to be the best they can be. Like man, woman, child, whatever the fuck you be, man. Always try and be a better person. 
That, I think that should just go without question. So, look, it doesn't mean that you might not catcall. You may not, you know what I mean, grope. You may not, but there's probably an area which you could be better at. So just do that. You know what I mean? Because that's what it, all it is saying. Try and be a better person. Yeah? And I will say this. This is like on my, my closing on this diatribe. On this rant. This ramble. Right. So Gillette. And now, you know, they're giving money to um, like a lot of charities that are trying to empower men, so it's like, um, the, the Girls on Boys Club of America, and I'll say, right, a, a, a friend of mine, there's, um, he, he's a scout, and I will say, this kid is a great kid, and, he he's in band. He does. He go, he goes to scouts. Like if if it means that you know what I mean more people are like this kid. Hey, that is definitely not a bad thing. Okay, so people call your jets. Okay, call your jets, and let's just think. Try and be better. All right, let's just try and be better people all right so this seems an odd one to me now people don't lose your shit because i'm not saying anything about the community as a whole i'm just asking a question and i'm just giving my views that's all this is all right so let's calm down. Okay. So the LGBT community for pff, I don't know how many years have used the rainbow flag as their um as their calling card, as their as their symbol. That's I feel that's a fair statement, right? This year, and the thing is, I've seen stuff about this. I think I started seeing stuff about this last year, maybe the year before that. But this year, Manchester's Pride event isn't going to be using that flag. They're going to be using a flag that incorporates a brown and a black stripe on it. Okay, so... What I don't understand, so what they are saying is, um, the additions are to ensure people from black, Asian and other ethnic minority backgrounds feel represented and welcome at their events. Well, firstly, that statement just sounds weird, because they're saying like black, Asian, Oh yes, and just what other ethnic minorities want to jump on board? You know, we're not going to give them a specific color, but yeah, they'll get behind the black and the brown, right? Right? 
I think that, yeah, I think we've covered, have we covered our back? Yeah, 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 we covered our backs. Yeah, 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 that's all good. I don't, and this is just, it seems a weird situation. Because, now, like, the rainbow flag, right? So that's six colours, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and violet. Okay, so that's your normal rainbow flag. I I cannot think <laughs> of anyone who is green or blue or violet. I mean, red could be sunburn, orange. There's some dreadful spray tans. You know what I mean? Like, what what? Ethnicities, do, do does anyone think this flag is talking to? It's not talking, which is the point of the flag. The flag is meant to be just like, look, it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what background. You're all welcome. Every one of you motherfuckers is welcome. So, with that in mind, why the hell are you then going... Alright, so we've got to add these two more colours to, um, you know, make sure people from the BAME... I, and I hate that term. But that community feels welcome. Alright, can we, can we just point out, firstly... Like, some of the problem with the main community, and I'm not talking out of my ass here, like, this is, this is something that, it, it you know, I, I've worked in organisations where we've done research, like, friends have worked in organisations that have done research, the main community is not completely, <laughs> it's not completely open to, um, you know, it's it's gay sisters and brothers. Let's just say that, okay. So that could be some of the big, some of the issue with this, right? So it, it's not the flag. It's just people don't feel that they can come out within their community. So adding two extra colours isn't gonna go. Oh, we feel safe to come out now. No, that's not gonna help. Like, the only thing that can really help is just to do more kind of events, have more talks, have more people talk about the process of coming out within that community, you know? Have people go, oh, I didn't know that that person, you know, is like me. Now, I feel comfortable coming out because if they've done it, then maybe I, I you know... I'll be able to do that. Is things like that that will help? Not adding two extra colours to a flag. That's it. Like it doesn't make any sense. Now I, you know, I'd be curious to to see what others kind of you know feel about this. But yeah, like adding. Yeah, it's just like, look, in June, 
last year, a report from Stonewall revealed that 51% of the LGBT BAME community have experienced racism within the LGBT community. So, how's adding the colours going to help that situation? You know? Like, Grinder launched a campaign last year as well to stamp out racism. So, I think adding colours to a flag isn't going to change this situation. It's, it's kind of more conversations need to be had. It's like with everything, racism at football games. Uh, you know, Americans, you call that soccer. But it's football games, right? I've, I've, you know, I've, I've mentioned this before. I went to two football games in my life. At both of those games, I faced so much racism that, firstly, I've never gone back. And secondly, I really just lost my complete love for football. I used to watch it all the time as a little kid. Don't watch it anymore. I I just can't. I can't get behind something that allowed me as a 10-year-old to be chased out of a football ground. You know what I mean? And, And... I know within football, they've done a lot of campaigning to try and show it as being, you know, anyone can come. You know, they're trying to bring down the barriers, but I'm still, people have told me it's got a lot better. I'm still not going back. It's too late. You know what I mean? I'm done. But that's what football have done. So maybe... The LGBT community just needs to do that. More campaigns, more conversations, this kind of stuff. Rather than adding two extra... Manchester, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Now, people... Look, if if you've got a comment, if you think that I've, I've got the wrong end of this stick... Hey, you can drop me a message on social media. You can drop a voicemail. I'll play it in next week's episode. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. But you know what I mean? Let 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 me know your thoughts. You know what I mean? But yeah, I'm just. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? It's just like, but there's racism in life. Let's let's not like go. Oh. This, this is this the only place there's rep? no there's racism everywhere so I, I you know i think yeah it's one of those things look you're gonna face you're gonna come across it wherever you go so i you know i doubt that the, you know the lgbt community can completely eradicate it it's just something but we need as like, you know, we're saying with Gillette, people just need to strive to kind of be better and be more accepting. So I think that's the, ex- that I mean, that's the message, right? That's the message. Let's accept each other, man. Let's stop this bullshit, right? Okay, so the last piece 
for our news segment, it actually kind of, I'm combining two news stories. They're different stories. But I think it they just show hip, a lot of hypocrisy and weirdness. Okay, so a, U, a US rapper called Cupcake, she, um, she tweeted, uh, like, I think last week that she basically was going to kill herself, and a lot of people, you know, contacted the Chicago police to go check on her, um, one of which, was Charlie XCX and so Cupcake collaborated with her twice last year and she sent a message going dear Cupcake please read this and she kind of attaches a note which a lot of people have been doing and that shit baffles me a lot, I think you know, it's a lot does baffle me, so, I don't know, maybe I'm just, <laughs> not, not clued in, but I don't know, man, there's just a lot of weird shit happening, but, so, you know, she's attached this note to a tweet, and the thing is, right, so you collaborated with her, so, why don't you just ring her, Obviously, you might, you probably have her number. You've toured with her. You've collaborated. You've made two tracks with her. You've gone to festivals. With, like, give her a call. How about you do that? Because if she is going to kill herself, right? And and people, she, she, she didn't. Like, the police took her to hospital so she could talk with some people and, and seek help. All right, so that, just so you know that happened, but if someone is calling for your help, now, you can definitely say that a a, a tweet saying, hey, thanks world, I'm out, I think you could say that, you know, maybe it's just a call for help, maybe they're not going to do it, but let's err at the side of caution, that's the right saying, I believe that's the right saying, well, let's do that, let's Let's think that this person is looking to check out, okay? Now, if that is the case, do you really think they're going to go, all right, let me just check Twitter just before I do, no, give that person a call. They're not going to check Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, but maybe they'll pick up their phone if the phone goes. Maybe they're going... You know, if someone calls me, that's a sign. That's a sign to say, don't do it. So if someone calls, I'm going to pick up that phone. But just to hear a beep, beep, you know what I mean? Like little tweets hitting. They're not going to go, oh, let me let me check my social media before I go. No. So if you're supposedly, if you care about this person, if you, you know what I mean? How about you call them? How about you call there's too many fake-ass motherfuckers who are like, oh, I, I want the world. Because that's what you're doing. By sending a tweet going, oh, we love you, don't do anything. Oh, oh you mean so much to me. 
If that's the case, you're calling. You're not sending a tweet. Sending a tweet is just so everyone's like, oh my God, can you believe that person? They, oh, they really cared. Oh, they put this heartfelt message out. Blah, 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 blah. No. No, 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 no. That, that was for everyone else. That wasn't for the person you're saying you're trying to help. Fake ass motherfucker. So there's that. And the other thing that I think, again, it shows a lot of hypocrisy. So, in 2013, Lady Gaga and R. Kelly performed together. They made a track. And, um, yeah, they performed at the American Music Awards. Okay? So, at the moment... I'm I'm hearing a lot about this documentary um th- that's going into R. Kelly's life and you know showing like the hi- a history of abuse that was done to him and then what he has done to other people and Lady Gaga has that like came out um after Like a few days after probably the first episode or something like that. And saying um, that like, oh, it's horrifying. It's indefensible. I stand behind these women a thousand percent. A thousand percent. So not just one percent or ten, not even a hundred. A thousand percent. Oh, that really means that you're determined then. It's just like, look, everyone knew that, that, you know, Kelly was grimy as a motherfucker. Yeah, he, like, I remember as a kid, there was all the stories that he married Aaliyah. There was all of those stories. And that was before the peeing. The, that was sorry, the first peeing video. There's, there's been a few. But that was before the first peeing video. It was he married Aaliyah. When I think she was 14 or 15. Something like that. So to say that I you didn't know that he was a grimy motherfucker. Is just... Straight up bullshit. Straight up bullshit. But then, so then she's like, oh, the song we made together, I'm going to make sure that no one can um, download this song and it's not going to appear anywhere. All right, listen. You you said that after um, the documentary aired. So, if the documentary hadn't aired, you wouldn't have done a thing. But it's only because the documentary aired, and that it's all, a lot of this shit is out in the public, that you're now going, oh, um, yeah, I know, I, I want to distance myself completely from, uh, you know, from any association with this dude. Which just is just some fake-ass shit. Like, if you really felt strongly about it, because all these rumours are there. 
especially when you're within certain, you know, fields, like in the music community, in the entertainment community, in the entertainment, everyone knew about Weinstein, it was all the rumours, everyone knew about it, like everyone has come and said, yeah, we, you know, we'd heard things, we'd heard things for years, so to say that she hasn't heard anything, is a lie, and you'd think, all right, she might have thought, oh, I'm not sure I believe it, then do your due diligence, do a little research, ask some questions, you know what I mean, because if a documentary can turn all this shit up, and, you know, it's not like they're the police or anything, so I think if you had checked, you could have probably turned something up, so no, you just wanted to bury your head in the ground, you didn't want to, you know, acknowledge anything, and it's only now that it's all out, that you're now you're going, oh, um, yeah, 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 no, 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 I'm not attached with this person, it's just fake, there's too much fake our shit happening, again, let's be the best we can be, people, let's stop all the bullshit, let's stop being fake, like, all this fake shit people are doing, doing things only for the sake of a follower, or to get an extra like, see it all the time, people trying to be like, oh, this January, I'm doing this, now, give me a like, Peter, fuck you, you fake-ass fools, man, so, yeah, stop being fake, how about that, how about that, for January, gonna stop being a fake-ass motherfucker, so, yeah, let's be better people, do I, like, I've said it three times, three times, let's be better people, God damn it. Okay, people. So, I'm just back from... Yo, it was uh, just a tremendous evening. So, um, I, me and a couple of my great friends, we, we went out to the theatre. Uh, so, we went to see Hamilton. Now... If you don't know, and how could you not, but Hamilton, um, it's an American musical, um, it's sung and rapped through musical about the life of American founding father Alexander Hamilton, with music, lyrics, and book by Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, and it's inspired by a 2004 biography of Alexander Hamilton by author and historian Ron Cherrill. And if you don't know, okay, so Alexander Hamilton was an American statesman and one of the founding fathers of the United States. He was an influential interpreter and promoter of the U.S. Constitution, as well as the founder of the nation's financial system, the Federalist Party, 
the United States Coast Guard and the New York Post newspaper. You know what I mean? Go figure. So this took place at the um, Victoria Palace Theatre. And people, I was like, the Victoria Palace Theatre is ridiculous. Like, you walk in and, you know, they've, they've got the, like, it's a big ceilings, you know, huge, like, walkway. Uh, and then you've got all these kind of, you know, the, the, the kind of, the staircases and the, and the, man, it, you know, it's like the finishing on the marble and everything like that. It's just a um, extremely nice venue, you know, and, and, boy, I have to say, out of all the theatres, it's got great legroom, you know, like, like you're not cramped, which is a huge plus, so, um, yeah, so we went, and, like, you know, none of us knew what to expect, really, you know, it's just like, right, how, how is this gonna work, how is this, because, you know, you don't look on YouTube, you don't, because that's gonna spoil it, so, you know what I mean, so we went, and we, oh, now, I have to mention, uh, uh, I fucked up, and, and it nearly was a huge incident, which, oh my god, I'm so glad it wasn't, because I probably would have got in a, a bit of trouble if it was, but I left, we, we were standing aside talking, and I left my bag, I left my bag there when we went to sit down, Luckily, no one, you know what I mean, ran off with it, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so I left my bag, and in the interval, um, yeah, we, we, we went to, um, went to try and find it, and it'd been had, in it, we've had, well, we'd been, we'd been told to, um, check lost property, and, um, yeah, went to lost property, and the bag was there, which was such a stroke of luck, you know, um, and, and the lady was just like, oh, you know, and she was smiling, she was laughing, she was like, you know, it, it's a blue bag, right, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a blue bag, she's like, yeah, it was in the, um, it's in the aisle, we didn't know what it was, we nearly had to call the sniffer dog, but we took a chance, and I was just like, oh, fuck, like if they had to, you know what I mean, imagine if they had to frigging come, like, stop Hamilton, you know, like, people stop, evacuate the theatre, evacuate the theatre, you know what I mean, it's my fucking bag, god damn it, but, um, yeah, so, you know, that was, that was sorted out, but, um, yes, Hamilton itself, like, we had great seats, yeah, so we had really good seats, and, um, yeah, so we were centre, um, centre, um, row, yeah, that's what they call them, rows, uh, and it was, it, it was great, now, see, the, the, the problem with the theatre is, you, you know what I mean, you can't sit right at the front, because then 
Well, it depends what the theatre, which theatre it is, because sometimes because they've got the um, orchestra pit, so you're like craning your neck, crazy looking right up. So you you have to sit a couple of rows back, but that means it it's like you get a clearer view of the stage. But it make it for me. It makes it a bit more difficult to see. But then again, to be honest, like who are we kidding? Even in the front row, I'm not seeing much. Now, when I say look, I you know, I I can see people on the stage, but I'm not seeing any fine detail. You know what I mean? I'm not seeing their face. I'm not seeing detail on on the um on the clothes or, or the set or anything like that, you know, you're not seeing those little shrugs or, you know, you know the body language and, and things like that, but you, you, you know, I was, I, I saw the, the, the dancing and, and, you know, I mean, the, the kind of, the gist of the, um, of the story and it was so much it was it was great it it really worked i mean there there was definitely some people who um projected better than others you know um so i don't know if that's a complete mic thing or if that is just some people projected, you know, could project better than some of the others, and some people, their songs were clearer than others, so they're parts of the song, um, which was a bit of a shame, because it would have been good to hear all the songs really clearly, but from what you saw, what I could see, and what you know, everything I heard, like, the music was good, like, you could see the influences from contemporary and older, like, rap music, so, within the, um, within the beats, within the rhythm, and then within some of the dialogue, like, some of the lines were a play on certain rap lines, you know, which was great, you know what I mean, it was kind of like, oh shit, and and it worked within that scene, that moment, which was good, because if they just threw it around willy-nilly, it wouldn't have worked, it wouldn't have been good, but because Miranda, you know, it, it was a bit subtle with it, it worked, you know, he, he, he knew where to put it, he knew which you know, beats to use where, and and how to play it, so, from an obscure story about a founding father that, you know, frankly, the, the old Americans don't seem to give a fuck about, to watch a musical about that, over here, you know, over here, where it's just a bit like, why are we going to watch, why do we care 
about someone that helps steal our country, one of our countries, you know what I mean, one of the states of the United Kingdom, this motherfucker helped steal it, and we're gonna go watch a musical about this fool, god damn it, but we did, and thoroughly enjoyed it, you know, it, yeah, it was, it was just really good, every, every part of it, you know, just like, yeah, every part of it w- was great, yeah, and, um, the crazy thing, we had the, um, the understudies, you know, it wasn't the, the main cast, so we had the B team, and the B team kicked us, so, yeah, that, that's great, you know, it was, it was a great evening, my, my friends thoroughly enjoyed themselves, I, I would highly recommend going to see it, because, yeah, you learn, it, like, the story, you know, which is clear, because you, yeah, I have to be fair, look, you go to some of these things, you go to some theatre plays and stuff like that, some musicals, there's no story, They've just clumped certain things together and gone, there you go. And you're like, where was the fucking story here, man? What are you doing to us? But yeah, you, you've really got what happened. And it was fascinating. It was fascinating enough that you know, I came out and I was like, you know what? I might get the book. I might read the book about this fool. You know, so that's what, you know, what it says about the musical, how powerful, how, how great it was that, you know, was, um, I'm prepared to do that, definitely gonna hit the soundtrack, you know what I mean, just really try and get to hear those songs fully and everything like that, and another nice thing, we, we, so we're leaving the theatre, and there was two guys, they had, um, they had two programs, and they were just like, listen, you know, these are just gonna, um, bring up dust in the house, we don't need two, would you, like, would you like one, and, um, yeah, so my friend got a free, um, a free program, and those things weren't cheap, so, how good is that, but yeah, great time, people, Go see Hamilton. It's well worth it. You know, it's as I said. Look, it's at the um, Victoria Palace Theatre, and that's just by um, Victoria Train Station. Uh, you won't regret it. So yeah, Hamilton people. It's a great show. Okay, so I'm with uh, Cristiano, who's um, one half of Picky Wops, um, and yeah, we're, we're we're actually in the kitchen, in the ki- in the pizza kitchen right now. I'm, I'm 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 smelling all the goodness. It's incredible. Um, so yeah, Cristiano, thank you very much for the time to talk to you, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much to you to come down and see us. Man. It's been 
it's, it's a pleasure it's a pleasure for us all right no 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 worries at all man but yeah let, let, let's um let's go back to the beginning all right yep. so um what is your origin story what like how did it what why did you go into pizza and why vegan pizza well this is a very 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 long story because yeah. i'm gonna try to make not too boring yeah i'm gonna explain i'm gonna make a zoom about it. <laughs> so well everything like everything started uh, probably back home when i was uh, around 16 um, where I was like, I was working for a pizzeria as a delivery guy, mm-hmm. basically. So, so that was back home in Italy. In Italy. No, no, not, not in Peckham. No. <laughs> in Ascoli Piceno. In Ascoli Piceno. Uh, definitely not in Peckham. Uh, I'm from Brixton. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I was uh, working mainly as a delivery guy until the point that um, they needed a pizza chef. So I said, why not? I'm going to do a summer season and um, and let's try. And then it became straight away a passion, especially because I knew that with pizza, I could travel the world, which is, was probably one of my biggest dreams forever since when I was a kid. And... Um, and uh, that was my first experience with a pizza, which actually uh, I've been I've been um, I've been uh, keep doing as, until I was uh, in my hometown uh, up to the, the time when I went to uni. So at uni, uh, I took an year where I was like trying to study, try to find my path, and uh, and in the in the same time I was giving an end to another pizzeria in the, in my uni town uh, as. You know, I was doing everything. I was like um, delivering pizza, helping behind the counter, uh, up to the time, up to the day that they needed as well there. Someone was helping with the pizza. And I said, well, you know what? I've been doing this at home, so why not? And I give it a go. And for me, yeah, making pizza is a passion. But when I moved from uh, Italy, uh, I've been working in every type of environment. So I've been working in... um, uh, in the kitchen, I mean, uh, I've been doing pretty much uh, all the uh, all the job that from uh, KP to commission chefs to chef, chef baker, uh, pastry chef. So always in the in the field. Mm-hmm. While I always keep doing art on the side. Yeah. That's my passion as well. So um, back in 2015, let's say I met uh, Andrea, my business brother. That's how I like to call him. Not business partner because I, you know, we we became brother in the in the meantime, and um, I met Andrea because he came from the professional pizza chef association that we are part of mm-hmm. um, to help the team that was managing for festivals in the UK, Scotland, Ireland, Wales. So I was managing a pizza and pasta stall, and uh, we needed a chef, so a pizza chef. So um, we asked the association in Italy uh, to send us over one. And I've been the one that's been welcoming Andrea in the UK, which actually was probably 21 when he came down. And, um, and yeah, and we, we became friends. We've been working the whole summer season uh, back to back. And um, when the summer season finished, when the festival season was finished, uh, I started to work on my project. It was opening a pizzeria with uh, with another partner which actually wasn't wasn't driven by the same uh, reason I was driven to to open my own shop uh, so after a brief 
a brief uh, negotiation or like, I don't know how, no, I don't even know how to call it but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't working uh, this type of collaboration this type of partnership so yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Andrea came back to UK because he's supposed to work uh, for us but uh, as soon as I, I decided to don't go anymore with this uh, partner he said like well if you do if you do it on your own I will do it with you and uh, that's how Piggy Wops uh, actually born because I was like this uh, this amazing like situation where you know two friends that uh, enjoy spend time together mm. and actually you know like can start to work together for a project yeah. and, so where did the name come from? Well, this is another nice part because I don't <laughs> know if you know the name, the, the meaning of uh, the name. Uh, obviously, it's like a, it's a composite name is uh, Peaky because obviously we do uh, alternative flowers and we're introducing the London market this new wave to eat pizza. So not anymore eating junk food, but mm-hmm. pizza is actually originally whole meal type two so basically oh, okay. top quality and that's uh, that's why our basis that's why we decided to do these uh, six options uh, uh. of alternative high quality flour mm, to offer. Mm, but um, we tried as well to give a message so with the name we with our name we wanted to give a message and uh, all our concept is based on uh, uh, zero discrimination, uh, looking things for the deeper side of it, so look at uh, contents rather than labels. So we were looking for a very controversial name to just create a kind of a shock in, a, in a whoever was like uh, wondering what the name was meaning and that's why we came out with uh, Wops. So Wops uh, in the 1900 is the, yeah. is the yeah. name, so is a, kind a, of a slur very derogatory, Italian, derogatory right? racist yeah. word to define Italians and uh, that's come from, uh, from the fact that um, a lot of uh, southern Italian was emigra- emigra- were migrating in the US in the 1900 and uh, they were calling in dialect uh, the word guapo. Guapo in Spanish means good-looking guy, but in mm. southern Italian diet, I mean, kind of a bold, showy, boldy, showy, you know, like someone like a bit of arrogant as well. And they used yeah, to call each yeah, other yeah, yeah. guapo. From the sounds of the word guapo came the, the, the sounds wop. So that's how originally came wop from. Right, and obviously right, in the, in right, the 1900, right. uh, in, in, uh, in the 50s probably, uh, they start to give different anagrams, so WOP without um, official paper, uh, without passport, or working on the payment, always very derogatory against Italians. So our main goal was actually give uh, give a better, a, a, a different reading of, yeah. you know, like you can't be offended by a name. Yes. Don't let anyone put you down because give you names, but just look inside, like just look deeper as we do with pizza. You know, like we like, you know, against every type of racism and discrimination, mm, and that's mm. why as well we use a racist word to make people understand that in a in a few years' time you will see that people won't remember anymore WAPS as a negative word for Italian, but rather to remember WAP more for a lovely pizza made from picky Italians. You know, like so, kind of give uh, a, a deeper meaning as well to the yeah. name, and that's oh, okay. how WAP comes from. Yeah, the yeah, picky yeah, WAPS yeah, yeah. comes from that. Yeah. Uh, Peak Italians. I, yes. I, I see. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Wait, a picky vegan is hell. Yes, of course. <laughs> but this is like is a, is the next step because yeah. uh, when we opened Picky Wops, we weren't vegan. 
ah. Picky Wops was an omni pizzeria we were doing meat and dairy and uh, both of us we were vegetarians mm -hmm. and um, uh, probably I was going I was trying to go vegan since quite a while like when we opened that that's why we decided to come out with a vegan pizza on the menu mm -hmm. just to help in case the process was yeah. happening and um, so did you have meat pizzas I, yes but I never tried it yeah because I was vegetarian yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, to be honest I never tried free of my own pizzas uh. never uh, but I was cooking by memory and mm -hmm. smells and sounds, you know, like I've, yeah, I've been yeah. working, I, I, as I told you earlier, like I've been head chef and executive of one of the top 10 best barbecue restaurants in the country. So like I was very used to cook and process meat, so mm -hmm. definitely like, yeah. Um, and then, well, for the, the word vegan in Picky Wops, like it started to come when uh, I did Veganuary. So I, I did Veganuary 2017. And uh, as I used veganery most, uh, more as a commitment thing because I was going in and out veganism since we opened. We, used, mm -hmm. we opened the uh, end of September 2016. So from the end of September until December, I was going in and out. Until I'd say like, okay, I'm gonna use veganery as a reason to commit to the cause and see how it goes. And uh, I never look back. And as I told you earlier, it's been the best decision I ever taken in my life. And um, without any pressure, uh, without any force, uh, Andrea became vegan in uh, half March, so after a couple of months, and we decided to, to ditch all meat and dairy in two weeks. So we got rid of um, everything that would, uh, involved cruelty, animal products, uh, you know, suffer and blood, and uh, we went 100% uh, vegan the 2nd of uh, April 2017 and uh, we couldn't be happier uh, it's been it was obviously it's 300 you know you like it's at 360 degrees yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah life change and so you you went from uh, a, a pizza spot that did meat and vegetarian pizzas to then just vegan yeah what did your customers think? Like, how, how did, what was that like? What was that transition like? Well, uh, to be honest, it's been, um, I, we had a drop. We had a drop because obviously, like, we all in the neighborhood, like, uh, our dairy and meat pizzas uh, was, like, actually getting very popular. And uh, when, we, uh, when we went vegan, obviously, uh, especially on deliveries, we had probably 70% of drop. Right, right. Because obviously we couldn't explain the reason why we were doing what we were doing because delivery is very cold. You have, a, you, have a, you have a device in front of you, you order, and when you see the word vegan, after all this propaganda as well, after all these things that happen on the, against the vegan, the vegan word, uh, is, uh, is we, we, we actually had uh, um, you know, a, a drop mm. for the people that we couldn't, we couldn't explain why and what yeah, we, yeah. we were doing what we were doing. So uh, this has been a very temporary thing because uh, we got back uh, with a new crowd because obviously when, uh, when we went vegan, uh, the, um, our story uh, traveled around the world. So we've been reshared from so many uh, so many accounts, so many profile, and uh, uh, we've been interviewed. And uh, the best thing ever, we received so many messages only saying thanks. And that's for us, like from a new vegans, like you know, you kind of you kind of start to understand that what you're doing is actually much bigger than you. Because mm. I imagine, like we went around the world because we took a decision to be 
kind to don't be uh, to don't use any animal software for, for producing food and this is like is a great is a great thing for us yeah. it's been yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. amazing only the uh, only the idea and uh, and yeah from there it's been uh, it's been like a, a lot of blessing and from especially like the support that we've been receiving it's been fantastic and uh, it gave us it gave us a little push to go through the dropping uh, moment so that we had when we ditched uh, meet and meet. Okay, so it was, yeah, it was last year, 2018. 2017. But 2018 was when I first came across you guys. And you were in Peckham Levels? Correct. And um, yeah, I didn't really know much about you. A friend of mine, he was just like, yeah, these pizzas are great. Try the pizzas, try the pizzas. And I was a bit like, yeah, I'll try it. But, you know, I've, I've, had, I've had the vegan pizza, like the gluten-free pizza at Pizza Hut. And I had the gluten-free pizza at Domino's. Uh, they were all right, but not as good. Yeah. Not as good, clearly not as good. Thank so, you so much. what 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 is this gonna be like, you know? And then just like I, I just remember just eating it, and like the but the no, but the main thing was I remember coming over and being like, okay, um, I don't know anything about this. Um, I can't eat tomatoes. So what can you do me some? And you're just like. Oh, we've got these different bases. So what do you like? What do you like? Okay, we can do... You'd probably like this, and we'll use this cheese, and we'll, we'll do this, and blah, blah, blah. So it's very welcoming. So it's just a really nice atmosphere. And then I tried the pizza, and uh, God damn it. <laughs> the pizza was so... So good. And I was so thankful that you weren't close to my house because I'd be eating your damn pizza all the time you know what I mean because there's plenty of times I come home and it's late and I think right I've got to cook and then I'd be like I'll just call up picky ones yeah so you're not close enough for that so I am very happy I'm very happy but um you're not at Peckham Levels anymore no so can you talk about what happened? Well, yeah, I mean, um, I will make it very personal, so uh, I will explain yeah. quickly. Like, obviously, like, uh, we, we tip in Peckham Levels for so many reasons, and um, one of the main reasons was the community aspect of it, and, uh, and uh, how to make it nice. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, like, um, halfway through, we realized that actually it wasn't exactly as uh, it's been uh, proposed to us, and uh, we start to uh, we start to try to understand why, and uh, and then why why we were getting closer and closer to to the reason, and uh, try to understand the reason. We couldn't find actually like not a good reason or mm. ethical reason why it wasn't happening what we've been promised. So. Uh, obviously, like uh, as you can understand, the thing weren't going uh, as supposed to go, and uh, um, and um, yeah, and we had to we have to take a decision, and uh, we have to take a decision for our integrity first, and uh, even if if like would have put us in trouble, 
us in trouble mm -hmm. in a way that we wouldn't have any shot because uh, in, a, in a parallel uh, we were giving up on our Fulham shop to go for a relocation. Yeah. So we knew that we were ended, ended up for a short time, maybe with no shops. And uh, but for us, like integrity is the most important thing mm, because that mm, was mm. how we set up the whole business, and that's what we should have done and what we did. So we have to leave it for ethical reason. Like that's that's probably the one that like the. the the sentence that can uh, represent the reason why we had to leave Peckham. Yeah. And this one, uh, unfortunately, like, uh, uh, kind of start a domino effect because obviously, like, uh, we we had a problem as well with our investor that uh, helped us to open the, full, the, the Peckham shop they, uh, because Peckham wasn't going as it should have gone. Yeah. It just pulled out from everything. So we right, ended up right. not, not having a shop for a short period, but we ended up doing having a shop and um, we very strong on what we do we're very passionate about what we do and definitely it's not it's gonna stop us to keep hustling and uh, try to spread our vegan bits of love uh, as much as we can definitely. yeah yeah well you know what I mean I remember just noticing that you weren't like the food shops in Peckham Levels were all the way round at the back there wasn't really any signs there wasn't any promotion there was they weren't really talking about them on the website it was it was a after eating a pizza i wanted to find out oh where can i get like where else are these people man and trying to find out was yeah it was a struggle it was hard to find um so yeah i can definitely understand you know what i mean why you left and Look, as you said, look, it's ethical. And veganism is ethical. Yeah. If you're doing it for the, you know, I'd probably say the right reasons, it's an ethical thing. So, you you mean, technically, you kind of lived the whole life in that way. You're living your whole life in an ethical way. So, making this decision, that, that just goes down to the character, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, that's great. But, but, because I remember, I remember seeing your post on Instagram saying, guys, we've, got, we, we've had to make a decision, we, we've got to leave. Yeah. And we don't have a situation. But, you know, we're, we're working on it, we'll see what happens. And like a phoenix from the flames. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've got, a, new, you've got a, a, a temporary spot. So let's talk about that, man. Yeah, so um, uh, we've been blessed, very blessed. To being offered this spot where we are now at the White Tours in Peckham from um, a very good friend of mine, Isaac, uh, which actually is he's um, been he's been in like let's say he's been fighting the same you know he's been seeing me fight basically yeah. in, uh, inside yeah, 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 yeah. the shop inside the other place and uh, uh, he very kindly offered me uh, offered me his spot for eight weeks so like that's why I'm gonna be here until the end of January. And uh, and obviously, like this is like something that we cannot be nothing else than grateful. Mm, and mm. this comes because obviously, like we believe a lot in um, in attitude, in uh, how you uh, you react, and we believe in positive energy. We believe in kindness. We believe in humbleness. So if you follow this kind of path, like some point, the wheel is gonna turn back. 
and uh, and then uh, the, the, for us, the, the, the main job is working actually on us, completely on us, because obviously we need to have uh, integrity, integrity, uh, good mindset, uh, good soul, and that's how the good energy will attract uh, more good energy. And um, yeah. It, it's the brand it, You know what I mean it, It's creating a, a positive Ethical brand And by doing that Like people will follow You know what I mean People will come And Right now Like yeah, There's there's people up in here There's been the people coming Eating the pizza There's been deliveries yeah, During yeah. this time yeah. So I think people are understanding. People are understanding, 100%, right? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. We are very blessed to have like a, a very loyal uh, follower base um, in, uh, in all different platforms, uh, which actually um, they, they they always been supporting us, and uh, that's why we love a lot all our followers, and um, and we believe that obviously we couldn't be what we are or who we are without without this. This is a very important part of the support, the love that we receive from all our fans, all our followers, and uh, all our fans of the pizza that comes and they, they travel for our pizza. And you know, it's, it's just like it's, it's very nice, it's a very nice feeling when it's about your product, it's about your message that you give, you know, like it, it's working. The message is, is reaching, you know, like yeah. as I was telling you before as well, here at the pub, you have the chance to let non-vegan try the pizza and uh, most of the time because the order happens quite quick so they don't even realize the pizza is vegan and even if like if the, uh, the pub staff tell them or maybe like they don't understand and when they come back and they say man that was the best pizza I ever had and I have my question like well, uh, what's your first vegan pizza I said no 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 I didn't I didn't get the vegan one I got you know <laughs> and like, when I said to him like well that is only vegan pizza in my menu, yeah. so you definitely go. Uh, yeah, well, um, design, yeah, I, 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 I believe that um, you entered a pizza competition. Yes. So let's, uh, <laughs> yeah, to show how good this pizza is, let's talk about that. 100%. So, like, um, our first competition is uh, December 2016. Like, we've been invited from an association and um, they were doing this, uh, this contest in Brick Lane. And out of 13 Italian pizza chefs, we've been the only one bringing vegan pizza with us. And um, and 2016, man, and it's not 2019. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ve- vegan, vegan wasn't the, wasn't the buzzword the, the, exactly, back then. Exactly. Actually, it was the other side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was we we uh, we show up to the contest with um, with this pizza, but we didn't we didn't say. That was vegan until uh, wasn't required by the judges. So when we came out with the pizza, we need to explain the ingredients, and um, uh, we explained that we were using a spirulina crust because uh, I told you about the healthy basis, like whole meal and type two top quality spirulina, which is a seaweed, is uh, very unusual. Topped up with uh, coconut mozzarella, uh, kale, broccolini. Almond ricotta from Mouse's favorite, which is uh, like we started together. Is that like, I don't know if you never tried Mouse's favorite, it's, it's the shit. <laughs> and uh, finished up with uh, with, um, with some blueberry and a drop of olive oil, and then yeah, which seems very bizarre to me. Blueberry on a pizza, on a, on a, on a, on a, yeah. Like, I imagine blueberry on a fr- if you're making a fruit pizza or a dessert pizza, but blueberry on a main pizza. Is uh, is very unusual, but as I explained to you, it's very unusual. Like 
think that in London we are the only one working in a selection of seven different types of bases for the pizza. We also mm. have the plantain base, which is a fruitarian gluten-free. So like we very, we very unusual ourselves. So uh, we gave like obviously blueberry was the the touch of sweetness and mixed up with a kale. You know, like it was like tender steamed broccolini, and uh, the judges were shocked because as a, as a as you can see, there wasn't any fake meat or any replacement. The only thing was a bit of coconut cheese, mm-hmm. uh, which actually was like uh, the mozzarella on the pizza. And um, the fact that we ended up second, because that, that's uh, our position in the rank, has uh, mm. been actually uh, very, very impressive, because obviously we'd never expect that yeah. a vegan pizza oh, yeah, could no, have been sure. like 13 Italian pizza chefs, traditional <laughs> Italian pizza chefs. So the fact that even we, we opened or we left a little seed on uh, on their mind and mm, um, mm. it's been amazing for us especially uh, when we think afterwards because um, I, I wasn't fully vegan yet when we went to the competition right right I right. knew that I had to try to go 100% well, as I said to you before commitment started in January so and the competition was um, at the beginning of December so I was still in the process of trying in and out in and out in and out so the fact that we actually like the we had is uh, we, we could give this uh, this message uh, for us like especially thinking afterwards has been been absolutely a sign it's mm. been like you know a blessed yeah uh, again yeah. Yeah, yeah so but I have to say, I have to admit I have to admit last week I did go off I went off on all these January fads oh, yeah. <laughs> all these January fads. But you, you did, so you did it on January. So what kept you going from fe- through February, March, April? Well, the, what actually uh, kept me was uh, realize that I, w- I, did, I didn't actually need to be, to be eating animal products. Like, I mean, the fact that I stay one month, one mo- a full month without any, any animal product at all, because I've been, been very strict on it. Mm. Um, I I tried again. I tried again a, pi- a piece of cheese on um, February, one of the first two days of February. I don't remember yeah. exactly, but and uh, I I felt so kind of like you know I didn't like it. I, I didn't give me a good a good a good feeling. Mm, that's mm. that's for sure. And that's obviously like with a month on my back of training. For me, was it was it? I mean, the best decision I ever take in my life was it. And I kept it, and uh, and then yeah, two years now, two years my vegan anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Okay, so um, let's talk about the food itself, like sure. because you do. You don't just do the spirulina base. You do like a lot of different bases, and you do a lot of different cheeses. Yes. So let's let's walk the, the listeners through that. Hundred percent. So um, the the most important thing about, as I said you before, about our concept is that just try to uh, make the people aware of the fact that it's, uh, there are options and like you know there are different uh, different and. Um, we came uh, with the with the concept, uh, with Piggy Pop's concept. We wanted to give a, a better, um, a better quality for the pizza. So uh, make the transition for, from junk food to a very high quality stuff. That we actually like is not gonna harm ourselves too much. You yeah. know, like as yeah, the yeah, processed yeah. flour. So 
the most important thing to know about our flowers is uh, that we the selection that we have are six uh, whole meal and type two flowers. So for who doesn't know who is um, the flower the flower chart, um, the whole meal is not processed. So there is yeah. no any aburratatura we call it in Italian. I don't know how to say in English. Sorry, that's fine. That is the fine. process to and like the Italian gives the people a little homework. Exactly. Yeah, they, they can look that. Yeah, aburratatura. <laughs> oh no, they'll just be Siri. <laughs> Tell us what. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I mean it's very technical, but it's a is a is the process to is is how the how the flower is processed basically. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, whole meal, then you have uh, type two, then you have type one, then you have type zero, and then the zero zero that a lot of people think that is the best flower in the market is uh, not. Is the worst, is the most processed, is the cheapest and the easiest to use. That's why everyone uses it. Yeah, oh, oh, well, of course, yeah. You're yeah. not going to have like Sainsbury's and Tesco's using the finest flour exactly. because it beats into their upper line. Right? I understand. It's a, a bit different and it's a bit more difficult to work with. Uh, you need to keep an, eye, an extra eye on it. But, mm. uh, and that's why, as I said, like, we wanted to change the conception of eating in charm pizza, you know. And uh, between our selection, we have uh, an ancient grain from south of Italy, which in Italian is, is called grano arso. And here we call it burnt wheat. It's a black oh, base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah? And it's, a, it's an ancient grain from Puglia, which is lightly roasted as the coffee process. That's why it takes uh, the darker color. Also, we have a multi-grain, which is a mix of seeds and grain. It's a homemade flour. We have turmeric flour, which is obviously like turmeric powder mixed up with okay. a, a Thai too. So we still keep in high mm. the quality. And uh, then we got tum turmeric is very good for you as uh, well. Yes, yes. And also we have spirulina, uh, seaweed, and uh, hemp seeds flour, which is a hemp seeds crushed inside a type 2 flour too. So you have the bitter coming from the oil release in the cooking process from the hemp seeds crushed inside, mm. which is delicious. And we have the kamut. The kamut is the Khorasan wheat. It's another ancient grain uh, from Middle East this time. So this is our, our flowers. Uh, but we also come out with our very own recipe, which are the, we, we are the only one in the whole country doing it. And it's a, it's a base made with plantain. So it's, a, it's an 100%, uh, yes. Uh, yes. Like planting on its own is so damn tasty. So I'm I'm just gonna have to mark off the time, and I'm gonna come, come and I'm gonna have that pizza. Right? You have to. You have to. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But how? Like, how did you come up with planting? How? Like, what was the reason for that? Well, okay. So the main the main reason why we choose plant is because uh, we needed a gluten-free pizza even if our flour is so good for intolerance they don't have any problem so far yeah because the quality doesn't allow you know like when uh, when the process of fermentation and proofing happen is actually happen properly mm -hmm. so it doesn't harm uh, intolerance uh, but we needed a gluten-free we wanted a gluten-free we wanted to, uh, we didn't want to get uh, like any blend that is already pre-made we wanted yeah. to do something very unique especially we offer all these unique flowers so we have um, we are in a fruitarian Italian group. So we have like a few friends in Italy 
Gabriele and Andrea, which actually they're leading the fruitarian Italian movement, and uh, and having uh, obviously having multiple chat with them. The plantain is very versatile as well. Mm. You can do so many things with plantain, and um, and uh, that's why we decided to start to develop this recipe. And uh, and then that was a lot at first sight. Even if uh, if we took two months to come out with a, to master the recipe, uh, but it's been love at the first sight for sure. Because like the, um, uh, especially for people that cannot have gluten, is is a great, is an amazing uh, amazing replacement. Unfortunately, because obviously we are not, we have, uh, we don't have our permanent place. We cannot offer a fully uh, gluten-free uh, option. Uh, so we always say it's a gluten zero. So we take all the uh, all the precaution to get non-gluten on it, but maybe contaminated because we share the space. Yeah. So obviously, like at the moment, we cannot be 100% gluten-free, but uh, we work for it. And when we're gonna have our proper shop, it's gonna be every separate area, and we definitely, we can definitely actually work mm. uh, with gluten free, which actually that because the ingredient are actually actually plantain oil and salt. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. And what about the cheeses? Okay, so. When we were in full forts, I don't know if you remember, but we have eight, eight different types of cheeses yeah. made with coconut, made with cashew nut, made with brown rice, and we had a, um, we had a um, camembert, we have a ricotta, we have so many different cheeses. And we've been always been trying to come up with our own cheeses. So our, the cashew nut mozzarella has always been on house, so made, made in the house. And, um, and the other one we get from the best supplier. So yeah. as, uh, as I mentioned before, our parmesan and uh, the smoky and the mozzarella coconut base are from Grimby, which is a Greek company, which we love. Maria, the founder, is just like, uh, is, is so nice to work with these people because, you know, they're like-minded, they're doing for the cause and they have this uh, vision of business focus on people, individual more than money and material things. So it's very, you know, like you can feel through the product. And um, but at the moment uh, we we don't produce our homemade mozzarella for so many reasons, which actually uh, space and uh, space and time basically. But we're definitely gonna go back on uh, as soon as we can. It's, it's something that we have, we have a few recipes written down, and they are freaking good, very good. So can't wait to come out with that. Ah, okay, okay, and. With the ingredients, like the pizza, you know, it just tastes so fresh, so light, you know. Um, so, what do you, um, how, like, yeah, when it comes to the ingredients, how do you plan that? Like, what is the, what is the thought going in behind the things that will top the pizza and, and match the, the taste of the cheese, match the taste of the base, you know, everything complements each cell. The combination, right? Yeah. The, the different topping combination. Well, 
this obviously comes like from our Italian background mainly. So let's say our m- most popular pizza is the Parmigiana with pesto, which is like with um, organic tomato, uh, coconut mozzarella, onion, uh, um, aubergine, frosted aubergine, parmesan, and topped up with pesto. Uh, uh, the same that you had before, but without tomato. Yeah. So um, you had it without tomato, but this one is with tomato. And um, and so as I said, like uh, we have our background, especially, and then like uh, Andrea come from south of Italy. I come from the center. Uh, obviously, uh, we've been growing up. I've been growing up uh, far away from my hometown, and then and in traveling. I mean, in London, as I told you, I've been uh, working with meat a lot. So mm. I had chef of uh, barbecue restaurant. So uh, I mean, like it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a series of factors basically. Like uh, the balance of the flavor comes from testing or done from idea or from like, oh my god, this could be very nice together. Unfortunately, now we use the menu uh, to uh, to fry pizza, but we used to run an 18 different topping topping uh, mm-hmm. selection yeah, uh, yeah. from our menu in our in our place. Um, yeah, so it's, like, it's all about like uh, be creative, experiment with uh, spices, and uh, just to try to come out with the most delicious combination. And uh, when we have an idea, we start to work on it until we're not 200% happy, we, we're not gonna stop. So that's how we come out with a combination of flavors and pizzas. Okay, um, so all right, just, just a quick. Yeah. Right now, how many new ideas are awaiting to come, man? Oh. Like, do you do you have any new bases? Do you have any new like cheeses? There we have uh, a new cheese uh, that we're working on, and we're very close to close the recipe, which is made uh, with cashew nut and tapioca. And uh, this uh, new mozzarella is kind of remind uh, actually. Uh, Regular mozzarella bowl, uh, which actually more for a caprese kind of, uh, for a, more for a caprese style. So it's a cold slice with tomato, basil, or tomato and, uh, and pesto, and on a slice of bread, and on a focaccia, on a garlic bread would be the best thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay, so. We talked about, you know, the, the, the idea behind everything. We talked about the bases, the ingredients, the cheeses. I think we've whetted everyone's appetite. So where can people find you, man? All right. So this is a very, very important question because, uh, because uh, first of all, uh, for, uh, until the end of this month uh, of January, we're going to be here at the White Horse in Peckham. And um, we work in a few other collaboration and markets. So the best way to know where we are is to follow Picky Wops at Picky Wops on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all the social media. And there we put all information out. So definitely, it's the best way to know and be update uh, wherever we're gonna be. All right, that's great, man. And. Um yeah, I think everyone is like just looking forward to the new permanent spot when that comes, and then just to see you at all these markets, man, so they can taste these fantastic pizzas. But it's been a pleasure talking to you. My pleasure. It's been 
an amazing pleasure to eat the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to say, Andrea is amazing. That Busy was in, making pizza. Yeah, uh, incredible. Someone has to bring yeah. the, the bread in, uh, in the <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, I just thank you very much for your thank time. Thank you man. very much, man. Like, it's always a pleasure to see you, man. Always cool. a pleasure. Alright, so people, you heard it, follow Picky Wops on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and come down to the White Horse before the end of January. Um, all the details will be in the description for this episode. So yeah, make sure you try the pizza, it's amazing. Thank you very much, Christina. Thank you very much, so I decided to um, check out an old series because, you know, after uh, going to the catastrophe Q&A, I, I was like, yeah, let me watch some old Sharon Horrigan stuff. So, um, yeah, I uh, pulled out Pulling, which was, oh man, that came out in 2007. So it was um written by Sharon Horrigan and Dennis Kelly uh produced by Silver River Productions and aired on BBC3 back in the day and it's about three single female friends who live in Penge of all places so um Donna has a drunken revelation on her hen night and decides that she has been missing out on a single life. So with just a days to go, she calls off her wedding to fiancé Carl and moves in with her two best friends, Karen, an ir- irresponsible primary school teacher, and Louise, a hopelessly romantic waitress. Will Donna, f- will Donna find what she is looking for? Or will she find that the grass isn't always greener on the other side? Including a supporting cast of weird and wonderful ensemble characters. We follow the three girls as they try to navigate their way through the pitfalls of everyday life. With frequently hilarious consequences. Um, and her best friends... Karen is played by Tanya Franks and Louise is played by Rebecca Statton Uh, and her ex-fiancé Carl is played by Kevin Clerken and um, it was was a really fun series so um, both seasons season one and two had six episodes and they were like 30 minutes each and it and it's it is great it's completely different from catastrophe which you kind of feel is probably realistic you know you look at that and you think right yep these are all situations that we could be in now pull in it take I feel it takes things to the ninth degree you know it is a bit over the top but it's you know it I think it's that play on what like how do we live what are we doing what are we looking for you know like Donna calls off her her wedding but she does that typical thing that like people do 
where they they want to keep one foot in, you know, while they're out doing what they they want to do. So you know, she's called off the wedding, says she doesn't want to be with Carl, but she kind of keeps going around and talking to him and. Like, oh, can you do this? And, oh, you know, I was looking at this and blah, blah, blah. So, she keeps on doing these kind of things. And, but these are things that we see. You know, like, you you know you know someone that has done exactly the same thing. And, And then it's just like, you know, those interrelationships with the friends. Like, how do you get on... Like living in a confined space, like how do you do that? And what do you actually want from life? Like that's one of the really big kind of themes going through the seasons. Like each of the characters, what are they looking for? You know, they want to be happy, but what does happiness look like? Like, and do they know? See, this is the main thing because. You know, you you have them meeting up with people, so they 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 start a relationship, but they're not content. You know, sometimes nothing really was going wrong. You know, the person, the the guy they're in the relationship with, isn't an asshole or anything like that, but they're not content with what's going on because they don't really know what happiness looks like for them so that's like one of the yeah one of the big things I mean yes not all like not all the guys they dated were were normal you know what I mean like flashes and pedos and drunkards you know what I mean that's not the best situation but as I said look everything's at a ninth degree and it's kind of crazy but it makes like you're laughing like there's not an episode where you're not laughing, which is, I think it's a big thing. Especially you know sometimes you want to sit down, you just want to relax and watch something that will make you smile and help you forget about like your shitty day. So it's fun like watching a series like this, and just seeing people just do this crazy shit, and so you're just like, all right, cool. So, my life isn't as bad as that, right? You know? So, yeah, it is, it's kind of like this kind of shit. You know, um, I think when you break it down, it's like sometimes it's not even being, it's being content with, like, your friends. Being envious of some of the things that your friends are doing. Like, there's one great episode where Louise... Is pitching an idea and it's insane. It's hilarious, it's insane. Uh, but then, kind of, Karen sabotages it. We, and so that's the thing, it's just like, yo, you know what I mean? Do we want our friends to succeed? Now, you, you see this a lot. It's just like people talk the big game but then they don't back it up you know they don't like you can help a friend out but then when it comes to you needing something yo they disappear sometimes so that's what we're seeing within this series 
So it's li- it's showing real life, but to the ninth degree, but real situations that you've seen, you've found yourself in. And I think within this series, we definitely see the the seeds of catastrophe. And we can see how all of these people have have grown. You know, this this helped hone their their skills and, and, and their character acting and what they're what trying to do because then you see them in other things, you're like, God damn it, they have become pretty damn amazing. But yeah, if you can find it, if you get the chance, highly recommend watching um yeah, watching pulling. It is a lot of fun and you will be laughing all the way through. Okay, so this week we jump out the gate with Broken Homes, which is book four in the Rivers of London series. Um, Ben Aranovich has stormed the bestseller list with his superb London crime series, a unique blend of police procedural loving detail about the greatest character of all, London, and a dash of the supernatural, a mutilated body in Crawley, another killer on the loose, the prime suspect is one Robert Vile, an associate of the twisted magician known as the faceless man, or just a common or garden serial killer. Before PC Peter Grant can get his head round the case, a town planner going under a tube train and a stolen grimoire are adding to his caseload. So far, so London. But then Peter gets word of something very odd happening in Elephant and Castle on a housing estate designed by Eric Strongburn, built by charlatans and inhabited by the truly desperate. Is there a connection? And if there is, why or why did it have to be south of the river? Full of warmth, sly humour and a rich copacoinia of things you never knew about London. Aberonovic's series has swiftly added Grant's magical London to Rubus's Edinburgh and Morse's Oxford as a destination of choice for those who love their crime with something a little extra. This book is there's so much happening in it so you would think that it it could possibly fall apart in places because look the book starts off with um you know a car accident and um you know, one dead at the scene, and then when they investigate the other driver, there's blood in the car. So you're like, oh, what's happened here? But then they find a body. No vestigia at all. 
So it's like, okay, here we go. And just as things are going there, then there's another incident with someone going underneath a train. Again, a suicide. So you're reading it and you're like, okay, so where does this tie into the folly? What's the connection here? And then um, then there's certain little things come up that make you go, oh, I see. But still, where is the connection to the great nemesis, the faceless man? I mean, that's the biggest, um, yeah, that's the biggest thing, really. Um, but while all this is going on, you know, Nightingale is slowly um, bringing Leslie and Peter further into the world of magic. You know, showing them more and more kind of things and trying to help their development. And if this isn't enough, you know what I mean? If two murders isn't enough, then there's theft of a grimoire. So you have this. Right, so that's three big things that have already happened. But that's not enough. Because Peter and Leslie now have to chaperone an organize um <laughs> like the um the fate for the king and queen or god and goddess of the thames so they're organizing this huge event so there's all these big things happening in this book and then there's more and you're like whoa there, there, there is so many threads in this book, more than any of the others, and you're just like, look, well, I don't, I don't know how they're connecting, I don't, what's happening here, like, am I gonna get confused, and like, how are we gonna tie everything up, is there gonna be enough time to give us a good payoff for all of this? But then we have more stuff happening and it's just like, I don't, I don't know. Could this be the weak link of the series? Could this be Aberon, Aberonovic's first flop? Oh no, it really isn't. Because we get introduced to Sky Garden and then as we get introduced to Sky Garden, our whole heap of stuff really, like, turns on its head, you know, an old character comes back, um, you know, resolution or a connective tissue is found between some of our earlier incidents, and, um, all the way through this, seeds are being sowed, 
seeds are being sowed that when you get to the end you're like oh my god like this was this was there like this this was so clearly there how did we not see it that that's insane you know, you, you just have to keep an eye on certain things. It might take you a re-listen to fully, really grasp what, yeah, fully grasp what is, um, what's there in plain sight, frankly, because it is there in plain sight, you know. It's it's just this has to be the um the most dramatic ending of any of the books. You thought book one ended like <gasps> what? And you thought book two ended with the wear like trust me. None of those hold a candle to how this book ends. It's going to shake everything on its head. It's going to make you really re-look at this series. Like, you... You know what I mean? Remember, people, this is the second time I've read these books. And even... Look, I... It had been a a long enough period of time where I'd forgotten a lot of the things, well, most of the things, to be honest, that had happened. But I started to notice these little things happening. And I was like, oh, my God, how did I not get that the first time? But when it, because the fact that it happened so early, you're really... You don't see it. You don't understand what's happening. And so, yeah, the end, it's, it's insane. It's, it's crazy. And it makes you think, like, okay, like, how will this now play out? Like, it will there be, I don't know. I can't, I honestly cannot say anything else because I don't want to spoil it but you will be shocked and you will be so happy with just the magnificence of the story it's just great and it just means that it's not just a run-of-a-mill story it's like there's intricacies on intricacies here and I think that's the great thing. But it takes a while for you to see where the plot of this book is going. And at no point are you bored, but you're just wondering. And now you're going to be wondering, where's this going to go? How, how, how is this going to go forward? I don't know. It's crazy. But. Yeah, this is the most shocking ending, and it's great. I have to say, it is great. I I think it might be the best book so far. Yeah, it might be the best book so far. 
Again, we have Kobner, um, Kobner doing the um, the reading, which you know is perfect because he he does such a great job with it. Um, and yeah, th this is broken homes, and I I think that the title is very fitting for the book and what a book it is look remember if you've liked the stories so far you're gonna love this one and you're gonna want to pick up fox glove grove the next book straight away so yeah this is broken homes by ben aranovich Read by Kobner Holbrook-Smith. Book four in the Rivers of London series. Really, what are you doing still listening? Go pick up the book and read it now. So, I decided to go back to the laundry. That's right. Um, this week, I read the Fuller Memoran... 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 Memoram, memoram, memor. I read the fuller memoram, memoram. The fuller memorandum. Yes, finally got there. So this is book three of the Laundry Files by by Charles Stross. So Bob Howard is an IT specialist and field agent for the laundry, the branch of Her Majesty's Secret Service that details with occult threats. Overworked and underpaid, Bob is used to his two jobs overflowing from a strict nine to five, and since his wife Mo has a similar job description, he understands that work will sometimes follow her home too. But when work involves zombie assassinations and millions of a mad god's cult, he realises things are spinning out of control. When a top secret dossier goes missing and his boss Angleton is implicated, Bob must contend with suspiciously helpful Russians, intelligence operatives, and an unscrupulous apocalyptic cult before confronting the decades-old secret that lies at the heart of the laundry. What is so important about the missing Fuller Memorandum? And why are people who know dying? And why are people who know dying? Yeah, of course, everything. Okay, so um, yeah, this was um, it's an interesting one because at first, like you, you read the book, um, you're reading, um, or listening, uh, because yes. This one was like all of them, you know. It was an an, an audio book, um, and the figure is so it it starts off, you know. Bob Bob is just you know he he's tired. He's 
he's bored, you know, he's frustrated, he gets sent on a, a, a mission, and, you know, you're, like, introduced to, like, all the people, and, and then something terribly goes wrong, and you think, oh, okay, it's, it's this, so it's just, you know, is, is it gonna be Bob trying to get his job back, you know, is it like, what, what's the story here? And then you're like, oh, okay, so it's not that, it's this. But then, you know, like him dealing with uh, an issue with his wife. And then it's just like, okay, so no, it's not that. Is it this? You know, um, Bob trying not to get kidnapped (laughs) by rogue forces. And you're like... Okay, no, it's not that. It's this? Bob being implicated for his boss going missing? And so there's there's so many of these threads that you're like, right, where is the book going? Like, you're always on your toes because you think that the story is going one way. And then it flips on you, because, you know, it's like you're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, so, right, now I know, so you've got the, 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 you mean, the the problem with the the work accident, the problem with his wife, the, the problem with his boss, and so you think you now know. And you think, okay, so it's just going to play out like this. That's fine, that's fine. You know what I mean? It's still, it's a good story still. You know what I mean? I'm content. But, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you can't at any moment think that um you know where this story is going. You know, and it's crazy that, like, all of this is, like, Stross is able to play with all of this and not, not lose you and not have you think, oh, this is just getting tiresome, you know, like, I, I didn't feel, oh, this is getting tiresome or, okay, right, I, you know what, you're trying to be fancy, but I see through everything. Um, there's certain things that you cut, you kind of, kind of figure out, maybe, you know, like, there were certain things I figured out, but that still wasn't the story, you know what I mean, there was still plenty more for me to work out, there was still plenty more for me to, um, have unfolded for me within the confines of this, which was really yeah, which which was great. You know, I I, I thoroughly in, in enjoyed it, and um, I think it really builds on itself. You know, just in a, in a way that makes sense, in a way that's smart. So I you know I I, I thoroughly recommend it and. Jack Hawkins does a great job of narrating this story. So um yeah, it's it's if you've enjoyed the previous two editions of this story, 
the atrocity archives and the Jennifer Morgue you will fully um, enjoy book three I'm not gonna say the title again and like a fool so yeah you're you're fully gonna enjoy book three it's a it's fun it's interesting and it will keep you engrossed all the way through so um uh, i'm gonna have to say it again aren't i that's the fuller okay i think i've got it memorandum boom yes by charles stross book free in the laundry files check it out people Okay, people, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. As we do, we're going to hit a little TV news and then we're ghost for another week. Okay, so Netflix have renewed Grace and Frankie, which if you don't know, it stars Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Um, so, um, yeah, so it will get a sip season. Um, no word if that's going to be the last, but yeah, the fifth season is all set to launch this Friday, uh, and the sixth season will be out sometime in 2020. Um, yeah, so the fifth season is going to have RuPaul guesting as, um, yeah, probably this season's big bad. If you want to break it down, um, you know what I mean, with that that kind of point of view. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be the 18th of January. Okay. Um, next up, um, something that's been kind of talked about for a while, but we haven't really had any updates. The uh, Gerard Way comic series, The Umbrella Academy that was picked up by Netflix, um, well, that's going to be launching pretty soon, on the 15th of February, um, and Gerard Way has um, recently been talking and saying that, um, you know, he's given, is like similar to how uh, George R. R. Martin did with HBO. Way has, um, he, you know, he gave the writer's room his ideas for the whole season, like the whole series. So I think to this point, there's been three mini series of the comic book. Um, and in total, there's going to be eight. So there's going to be five more that are going to be coming out over the next few years. Um, so, yeah, Way gave them a document, broke it all down, let them know the character arcs, where everything's going to be heading. And, um, yeah, so I think the idea is to kind of lay some of that into this first season. All right, so it's um, the whole premise is um, the story will follow a group of estranged, superpowered family members who have to come together and work through their personality quirks to solve the death of their father and the potential end of the world. 
Hmm. It's going to be starring Ellen Page, Tom Hooper, Robert Sheehan, Mary J. Blige, Kate Walsh, and Cameron Britton. And uh, yeah, so as mentioned, season one's going to be hitting on the 15th of February. So yeah, that's pretty, um, that's good to know. Um, all right, so next up, oh, now, when all, um, you know, we've had a lot now, like Will and Grace, um, there's been others, I can't think, uh, don't put me on the spot, people, but there's been a lot of these event series of old shows from back in the day. Now, I think it was a, a year or so ago, um, Aaron Sorkin mentioned that, um, NBC had come to him and said, look, if you want to bring the West Wind back, we will be down with that. So either with a new a lot of characters or bring back the old characters, whatever you want to do, we're open. Well, um, Richard Skiff, who played Toby Ziegler, was on a podcast recently. Podcast recently and um yeah he said he's spoken to Sorkin and it, it's something that he's definitely thinking about a lot recently um but he hasn't decided if it's going to be a new administration the same characters or or what he wants to do Ziegler has his own ideas of taking it to the campaign trail but um yeah who knows what will happen but it sounds like this is definitely um on Sulkin's plate so fingers crossed we might get some more West Wing pretty soon because god damn it West Wing was a great show man back in the day so yeah be interesting now one of the surprise hits of last year was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Like, the film's budget was 90 million. And to this day, it has made 276 million at the box office, which is pretty damn good, right? So I think some, some of the talk recently was that Sony might be doing a lot of spin-off films but one of the things that has actually come out recently is that um sony might just do a tv series so instead of films they might do a tv series which kind of makes more sense probably be easier to do and it gives you a whole lot of content rather than a film that will take you know a year or two to really get going um and we're already getting at least one sequel anyway that's going to follow miles and um yeah his role as spider-man so the news that if we do get a tv series that lets um you know, the light to be shined on Penny Parker, Spider-Man Noir, like Spider-Woman, Spider-Ham. But, um, 
Yeah, they're the, they're the current ramb rumblings. Nothing concrete other than, yeah, the Miles Morales sequel. But, um, yeah, I think... I think it's something that um, Sony will probably definitely be looking to uh, deal with. But, yeah, we'll have to watch this space. Um, Alright, so... Recently, like the last week or so, um, HBO put out a trailer for season eight and the last season of Game of Thrones. Well, unfortunately, the History Channel are going to be ending their much beloved big series as well. That's right. Vikings is going to be ending with the sip season um yeah it, the season has already been filmed um and so that should be premiering towards the end of this year and then will conclude in 2020 but um word is like with game of thrones michael hurst and mgm television are talking with History Channel about doing a spin-off series that will help continue the story and the world that has been created. So, um, yeah, that could be interesting. Um, but, yeah, season five will be ending in the next couple of weeks on the 30th of January. So, um yeah well i think that ties nicely into hbo have just revealed that sj clarkson who has directed episodes of jessica jones and collateral for bbc they will be directing and executive producing the upcoming prequel series of game of thrones uh this is the um the, the the prequel that was written by jane goldman and george R. R. martin um yeah like you know no um no real story has been um put out but it is set thousands of years before Game of Thrones. That's all we do know. It will be the um, the golden era and how it descends to, you know, the White Walkers and the Darkest Hour. But as well as a director, it has come out as well as, like... As well as Naomi Watts and Josh Whitehouse, Naomi Aki, um, Denise Goff, Jamie Campbell Bower, uh, Sheila Atim, Ivano Jeremiah, Georgie Henley, Alex Sharp, and Toby Regbo will also be series regulars for the season 
and Jane Goldman will be um, the series showrunner and one of the executive producers. So, yeah. I mean, we're just now, it's just, will there be, like, you know, there was talk of another prequel. So, you know, I guess it's just waiting to find out if that one's going to be done as well. But at least there will be a continuation of the stories of Westeros next year. And, um, yeah, if we can just hold out until April for um, season eight to hit the screens but that's it for another episode and i will see you next week for um more echoes from the void all right people stay good and let's be better all right peace